Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the middle that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. Bad hair day, anyone? I have lived a bad hair life. Flat, frizzy, lank and endlessly disappointing. And every expensive shampoo and styling product has been a triumph of hope over experience. Do you know I know this, Annabelle, but things have changed, haven't they? Well, they have, Emily. Thanks to Hair Story. Okay, so let us start by saying that New Wash from Hair Story is not a shampoo. Shampoos are so full of detergents and chemicals that they are often the root of our hair problems. New Wash is a hair cleanser. Not only is traditional shampoo bad for our hair, it's also bad for the planet. Hair Story is doing things differently, creating sustainable options that respect the environment and our hair ecosystem. Yes, the magic is found in its detergent-free blend of essential oils. When it comes to hair care, even the mention of the word oil (laughs) is usually enough to send fine-haired women like me running screaming from the room. But this stuff, well, it brings my flat, wispy, damaged hair to life, so it feels bouncier, thicker and less fried. Root lift, blunt ends, amazing. You know, I completely agree. And I even found myself using the word dynamic to describe how new wash makes my hair feel. And that's a first. Anyway, there are three different new washes depending on what your hair needs. And you can take a super quick quiz at hairstory.com to work out the best one for you. Listen, this is a genuine and heartfelt recommendation. Hair Story are bravely sponsoring this podcast, but I discovered it long before that. Converted Emily, and neither of us have gone near shampoo since. So try new wash. It's given my hair a better life. Hello, I'm Annabelle. And I'm absolutely fine, but... I went to the doctor, a specialist, a couple of weeks ago because I had this little flaky patch on my forehead and he went, oh, it's nothing sinister, but why don't you pop in next week and we'll just scrape it off? And I thought, fine. So I went in at 5.30 last Thursday and thought it would be, you know, like sort of, you know, having Botox or going to the dentist. Quick, easy, done. And next thing I knew, I was naked underneath a hospital gown with one of those bath hats on and surgical stockings in an operating theatre with him in full scrubs and two nurses in full scrubs. (laughs) Terrifying. Kind of terrifying. Anyway, to cut a short story long, I now have what I like to call a suppurating wound. (laughs) It has come to this. And it's sort of glistening. It's revolting. (laughs) And I'm supposed to have Vaseline on it to protect it. I mean, you know, lucky old people who have to see me at Christmas parties. So the Vaseline doesn't do anything for the separation, by the way, I'm just saying. Well, I think it makes it separate more because apparently it heals faster if it doesn't form a scab. I don't know. All I know is that it is is not attractive. I mean, I'm going to... um, I'm going to have some Botox tomorrow. And I just, I just called the doctor's receptionist and said, listen, can she work around the separating wound? <laughs> what did you say? I'm very attached to calling it my separating wound, which is different from my core wound. Core wound sounds rude, but it isn't. But it's a whole, a whole other proposition. And the receptionist said, listen, can you just WhatsApp us a picture? So now I take a photograph of my separating wound. And, and, and I don't even want to look at that picture, let alone record it for posterity. I mean, you know, they used to say that your reputation would precede you. My separating <laughs> wound now precedes me. It's a disaster. How are you, Emily? Uh, uh, I'm absolutely fine, but I was going to talk about my splinter, but your separating wound I has trumped my... I have occupied the separating wound slot. So we're not going to talk about more wounds, but I was with someone the other day and they asked me to something and I absolutely froze so I'm no longer the automatic yes yes the sort of crazy volunteer the addict who can't say no but I'm neither the hard no so I'm 
stuck in this sort of awful Arctic wasteland. What, where everyone of... stares at each other and no one quite knows what's going to happen And next. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think, how do I say no? How do I say no? How do I say no? I've forgotten how to say no. Well, we, we gave this some thought because exactly. we discussed it and we decided that really everyone needs a soft no in their arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you guys are gagging to get out, but, but isn't it useful just to have a soft no up your sleeve? Yes, exactly. So things like, for example, sounds great, leave it with me. Just say that straight off. Everyone knows nothing will happen. But it's absolutely fine. The person has issued the invitation and you have issued a, a response and we can move on and never yes, see yes. Oh, again. oh, a lunch. How lovely. There's a tiny chance I'll be moving house then, but otherwise, definitely. <laughs> That's definitely for the more extreme person. What about, okay, great. I'm just going to put this in my diary before my phone runs out of back. That, that. Uh, um, yes, sounds good. Listen, I'm busy on the Monday, the Tuesday, the Wednesday, the Thursday and the Friday of that week. So I, I think I better just let you know. <laughs> just throw dates back at them. Okay, what about, I've got a massive night the night before, so I might be brutally hungover and vomiting, but I'm sure it won't be a problem. As long as you don't mind me vomiting on you <laughs> and, and crying and howling. Um, in theory, yes, I'll be there, although it will be two days before the full moon. Okay, that's the definitely. We'll never know what's going to happen with that that's shit, right? So true. What about something like, oh, that date will mark 29 years since River Phoenix died, so I can't predict what mood I'll be in. Yeah. I Hopefully mean, they'll just think you're insane and it's fine. They're like, regret, immediately regret <laughs> issuing the invitation. Praying, praying <laughs> exactly. that you won't be there. Um, I can absolutely do that date, as long as it's between 5.45pm and 6.30pm. Do you know what? I think that's a, that's a masterstroke mm. in diary, like, Jenga. management. Yes, mm. exactly. It's like, I, I've got a window of 15 minutes. Yep. Here's your window. Take it or leave it. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't take it, fuck you. And it sounds like you're being obliging and accommodating when you're actually being incredibly rude and dismissive, <laughs> but no one can quite call you on it. You could also, I mean, you know, back to the sort of River Phoenix type full moon hat, you could also go, sure, as long as my horoscope is good that morning. Yeah, because if it's not, I'll be, I'll be no good to anybody. Well, exactly. Thank you. Oh, God, that's so kind of you to invite me. It's a, it's a wonderful idea. I'm, I'm really grateful. It's a, it's a surprise. <laughs> I feel a bit overwhelmed. It's so unexpected. If only I'd been, if only I'd been more prepared. I, I didn't see that coming. You are a dark horse with your parties. I, I barely know how to answer because my cup just kind of runneth over. And it's just, I'm so, oh, hang on, I've got to call the other line. Can I just call you back? <laughs> I mean, that I could do. The problem is, is that will I just avoid saying yes? I'd have to cut you off. I'd have to press your phone to cut you off before you somehow led yourself to a yes. Yes, exactly. Because I feel like I'd be very worried. Also, I could claim that, you know, I was I had my anger management class on a Tuesday, but my therapist says it's fine as long as I don't make eye contact with anyone. Because that triggers the violence. Exactly. And especially after a very intense anger management class. Yes, yes, exactly. You'd be you, you really would be you'd be you had very thin skin and ready to throw things. Exactly. It's incredibly triggered. Yeah, no sharp knives. No. I think maybe avoid avoid. Um listen, I'd love to come. Can I bring your ex-boyfriend? Because he's been DMing me on Instagram. Would that be awkward? Would that be okay? I mean, you're married. It would surely be fine, right? It'd be fine, wouldn't it? You don't mind. You don't mind bringing the ex-boyfriend. Oh, ex-boyfriend's always welcome. Not awkward at all. Or we could say something like, yes, brilliant. We'll just like, we'll prank call people from school from your phone. Yeah, from your phone, not from my phone. Yeah, exactly. Just like, this is the evening that you truly want before Christmas, when we're all feeling so high-powered and energised. And mad and on the brink of collapse. I think there are some signs circling over our heads, like planes over Heathrow, to tell us that we are heading for a Christmas collapse. I mean, 
obviously, even at the best of times, we remember nothing, what with living in the overwhelm. So we thought it might be a good idea just to put everything in reminders. So now your phone whooshes with mysterious things that you have to remember every every 10 minutes. And at what point in your life will you learn that when you make a, a note to self, you shouldn't write it in code? <laughs> because your particular code is so baffling that even the boffins at Bletchley would have been unable to crack it. I mean, you, you obviously don't remember what any of it means. So it's usually one word, the reminder, isn't it? Yes. So it might be, or even a series of letters. I mean, yes. the, the other a collection. Day, yeah. So what's it mean if your phone flashes up pesk? Uh, pesk. Uh, How are you supposed to remember, I'll repeat again, considering you remember nothing, that your cousin's new boyfriend is a pescatarian? Because <laughs> you don't even remember they've invited themselves for Christmas, let alone the fact that you are now expected to roast a fucking sea bass or something, along with all the other things you have to fucking roast. So it's just pointless whooshing, whooshing, whooshing from your phone, which makes you feel more stressed by the minute. Once, thinking it would help, you sent yourself a voice note, but that just felt like an act of aggression. Uh, uh, by the way, once again, who was it who decided that voice notes were less intrusive than voicemails? This is the hill you're going to die on, you know. A psychopath. <laughs> a psychopath decided that voice notes were less intrusive than voicemails. They're no different. Yes, other signs that you're headed for Christmas collapse. Personally, my favourite, my current situation, is that I've read the same page of my book 17 nights in a row. <laughs> okay, so I, and I'm convinced that I'm never going to get beyond it. Annabelle, I'm never going to, I'm stuck there like some terrible punishments, like Groundhog Book. Okay, and even though, this is the dark thing, even though I've read the same page 17 times, I don't even, I still don't understand what's going on. Because you're genuinely not present. Or if that is the page that I've got to, because I don't even recognise any of the characters, and in fact I really think that it's possible that I might have opened another book forgotten I had oh on your kindle and then yes exactly so you open I opened another book and then I was a bit surprised the other day to see lucky Santangelo popping up in the Johan Hari book about lost connections (laughs) and depression that I thought I was reading so anyway by the way that is worth a look it is worth a look that book it's very interesting um yes unstable Christmas collapse someone perhaps asked you what what you were doing for Christmas and you just cried (laughs) that's never a good sign it's a Christmas Christmas no that's not gonna work Close, but no, a near miss, I'd say. Um, so they, they asked you what you were doing for Christmas and you, and you sobbed. You sobbed like Emma Thompson in, in Love Actually. And then you remembered the scene where <sighs> Emma Thompson sobbed in Love Actually. And then you sobbed more. And then you Googled it and you realised that it's been 18 years since Alan Rickman broke Emma's heart, you know, by giving the girl in the office the necklace. And you realised that you're, you're not over it. You're, you're never going to be over it. I think there's a whole generation of women who will never, ever get over that moment. Yes, or forgive the late, lamented Alan Rickman for it. Do you know, speaking of Alan Rickman, every year on Twitter there's a fight about whether Die Hard is a Christmas film. Yeah. So the, the criteria is that it's the fact that the action is happening at Christmas doth not a Christmas movie make, right? But I now know for sure that it qualifies as a Christmas movie because I also have the urge to put on a vest shave my head and take down all the people in my house. <laughs> I basically would walk on broken glass to get to the brie. And, it, you know, all I want to do is say, yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers, to everyone around me. This is the season. Tis the season. Yay. Tis the season to realise that whilst wanting to sort of physically <laughs> or emotionally attack everybody, including yourself, <laughs> you're simultaneously finding everything and everyone too hostile. Like carols. Carols yeah. are going to loom large in this podcast. Like carols. Deck the halls. 
So bossy. <laughs> so fucking bossy. Stop telling me to deck. I don't want to deck anything except people. <laughs> Father Christmas. Now, is this controversial? Is it a slightly dodgy premise? I mean, almost definitely. Mistletoe. Potentially too rapey. Too covid And too late to book a ticket to the ashram in the Himalayas. Yeah, which would be safer for everybody, to be fair. Yeah, and then you could escape the tree. You'd be doing everyone a favour. The tree that took five hours. Oh my God, you know what? Annabelle's tree is a sight to behold. It is so beautiful, (laughs) it is so beautiful. But it's a nightmare because I know that every time she looks at it, all you can think about is how long it's going to take to take it down again. You know my glass is always half empty. I just think, (laughs) oh my God, the hell of taking the bloody thing down again is approaching. I think that... um, one can put too many lights on a tree. I'm not saying that about yours. Just no, dangerously. you wouldn't say that about I wouldn't mine. Quite say that about yours. And where suddenly you're in the room and then there's this mass twinkle and, and, and you just keep catching it out of the corner of the eye and you feel like someone might be waving at you. It's like you're seeing a ghost in the corner. <laughs> it's like, what's going on? And I think it's possible that it's setting off a kind of twitch in my eye. Not your tree, obviously, Annabelle, not your tree. Well, not my tree. My tree doesn't make you twitch. It only <laughs> makes me twitch. And obviously... It's probably, because everything is something very dramatic these days, it's either late-onset epilepsy. As yet undiagnosed. Obviously. But in the post. Well, no, and as to go with the possible early-onset dementia and adults' ADHD yes. that we have. Yes, that's what it is. That's what it is. Step away from the tree. Because it will trigger you, because everything about Christmas does. Oh, my God, Christmas. Christmas. Christmas is like a box of chocolates. You never know what feeling you're going to get, except all the chocolates are shit at Christmas and all the feelings are shit at Christmas. There are so many of them. Uh, We're so exhausted by the time Christmas happens that we don't have any of our usual armour or denial or or avoidance tactics in place. Also, Christmas is just so fucking Christmassy. And so all the feelings get drenched in duck fat and heavy and they also get shiny and twinkly. And okay, so we're going to take a closer look. And we're going to use some Christmas songs for lubrication. <laughs> because obviously, menopause is coming to town. <laughs> I love how festive we are. Yeah, I mean, the perimenopause lasts for 10 years. It's in the post, right? So it, it, it's obviously on, on its way. So you're making a list and you're, you're checking it twice. Of course you are. You have crippling hormonal brain fog. You can't remember what you ordered or what you're meant to do next or why you're standing here holding the spoon. Why? The fucking spoon. You're going to find out who's naughty and nice. Are you naughty or are you nice? You're too old to be naughty. That's disgusting. But you're also too old to be nice. Are you? Who are you? You're a separating mass of hormones. That's who. <laughs> separating. Yeah, on the separating team. <laughs> and hormones, by definition, are not at all Christmassy. No, they're Christmassy. They see. Oh, that's good. Christmassy landed. Okay. It worked. <laughs> Do you know the other thing about Christmas? The awful thing is when you feel bleak. I mean, I think there's probably a reason why we sing, you know, in the bleak midwinter. I'm not going to sing anymore. But um, frosty wind made moan. Well, I mean, frankly, I don't care if the wind's moaning. I'm moaning. <laughs> We're, all moaning. We're all moaning. Maybe not out loud. I refer you to Silent Night quickly. <laughs> well but done. inwardly moaning. Mm. Inwardly moaning. Or howling. <laughs> Into the void. Yeah, the, the howl. howl of the unappreciated. This is the thing. So unappreciated. And bleak is... Bleak's quite a good word for this time of year because it isn't quite sad, nor is it quite angry. It's just sort of stripped of hope and joy. It's shadowy. It's grim. It is a battery-operated woman, stony face, going through the motions. Sound familiar? It does. God rest ye, merry gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, fuck. 
Yeah, 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 the gentlemen are merry. Yeah. <laughs> because call us sexist, but the gentlemen are generally not holding everyone's wants and needs in their heads. And the bastard merry gentlemen just make us bleak midwinter women look like the unfun ones. And screaming, I am fun, while elbow deep in a turkey does not help. It doesn't help, I've tried it. No one believes you. I, I think that we should all have t-shirts with I am fun written on them. I was fun, or where's my fun gone? Or just yeah. frosty. <laughs> yes, that's true. Not the snowman, the woman. The woman. This is when you are so done and so tired and so over everything that you decide to be very mature and let people know your displeasure by refusing to speak. Icy, monosyllabic, quietly ruining it for everyone, but most of all, as usual, for yourself. Yeah, that's the key. Mostly ruining it for yourself. This is because your resentment runneth over. It's been a long year. You just want five million quid in your own island. You don't want more things to worry about, more jobs, more chores, more responsibilities, more things to pay for, more troubleshooting to perform. Resentment, they say, is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Well, it's Christmas. You have time. You can wait. You can wait for as long as it takes, motherfuckers. 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 And you know what they'll say? They'll let say, it go. Yeah. Just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Well, oh. that's just like the opposite of resentful and frosty fine. But, you know... Oh. If you actually let it go, it takes you past the point of caring to the point where you're actually insane. Yeah, exactly. Because the answer to everything is whatever, but cheerful. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Do you think they'll miss the old organised resentful you? Who cares? <laughs> it might be your circus and they might be your monkeys, but this Christmas, come on, let's be all disco and no panic. I mean, you might need to go into rehab in January, but it's only Boxing Day. And this weird bit between Christmas and New Year, the perineum of the year, goes on forever. So you're worry about drinking whenever. What's your point? I'm very relaxed. Be yeah, happy for me. Yeah, be happy for me. I'm fine. <laughs> whatever. Do you hear what I hear? No? That's because I've got tinnitus, as well as the beard and the limp and the full set of luggage that I now carry under my eyes. The high-pitched squeaking? Oh, it must be my soul telling me to order an Uber. Except that Uber seems to me broken. It's telling me to get on a plane, except I need a PCR <laughs> test first. It's telling me never to return. Would they care? Would I care? Would anyone care? Would anyone care? And then there's the the best one, the special twinkly Christmas disappointment. Oh, the Christmas disappointment. Welcome welcome back, old friend. Uh, yes. Oh, look, they, they were cool socks. Thanks. Oh, bath oil. Lovely. Who doesn't need brush cotton pyjamas? Where are the diamonds? Where's the art? Why is the kitchen still leaking? Why is this my face now? Is this the most wonderful time of the year? Yeah. Or is it the most brutal time of the year? One more sleep, shrieks Leona Lewis. Well, thanks, Leona. But any sleep at all would, would be good. <laughs> I mean, just just pass me the Benelin. No, 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 not the non-drowsy one, you idiot. And leave me. Just leave. Go. Oh, and chuck me the night nurse on your way out. <laughs> Oh, oh, speaking of way out. Well, listen, we're obviously on the brink. Obviously. So we are going to throw ourselves directly into the flames of the overwhelm for the next couple of weeks. Uh, so we'll see you uh, on our Boxing Day special. And we hope that Christmas brings you whatever you need. Even if it's biscuits. <laughs> Especially if it's biscuits. This podcast was bravely brought to you by Hair Story. Go to hairstory.com if you want a better life for your hair. You've been listening to Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin of The Mid-Alt. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. 
If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe. And we'll just leave you with this thought. If you were able to believe in Father Christmas for eight years, you can believe in yourself for five minutes. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revelhorwood, Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.